0: In Calgary a little tired, and uh, everything that has happened since then hasn't done much to make it much stronger. So, uh, last night was, of course, an entirely unique occasion. We have had groups of the uh, crew of the Enterprise before, but never a complete number with the addition of Will coming in and Denise as well which made it very special for all of us. And um, I think for you perhaps as well as for us it was the fact that we were all together that made it so very special. But the, the... The kindness and generosity that you all showed was even in a world where perhaps we have time to become a little blase about uh, how we are proceeding, last night was extraordinary. Thank you very much. Oh yes, there was a surprise last night, which I sort of messed up really, like not taking my cue about who was my biggest nemesis for the show. And um, the fact of the matter is that I never really regarded Q as being a nemesis because I always had so much fun in all the Q episodes. <laughs> John Delancey is a fabulous actor to work with and an interesting and nice man. And so it would never have occurred to me to have said Q. And so I searched around for the real bad guy, who is, of course, Damon Bot. <laughs> um, but you know, you gotta love a thoroughly. Finally, ultimately you gotta love him. Well,
1: from from John Luc Picard to Charles Xavier, you play a lot of roles that gradiate a kind of authority, um, measured with a really strong sense of respect and wisdom. Do you have a
0: favorite character that you play? I'm really sorry to have to tell you that I don't. Um, I've been immensely blessed in my career to have played a lot of really fine roles. And very often uh, the role that I'm playing at that moment seems to me to be the most exciting, the most interesting, the most compelling role that I've ever played. I've just finished playing William Shakespeare in a, in a play about the last, days, the last days of Shakespeare's life in Stratford-on-Avon in retirement. What was happening to this genius when he was living in a little sleepy market town? No tourists came to Stratford-on-Avon in those days. Um, and I, I loved performing that play so much that I kind of had withdrawal symptoms when it ended. But you know, there are so there are countless numbers of thrilling roles that I've had a chance to play, and I hope they're not over. Um, I hope there are still some to come. Question
1: from Logan on the left-hand side, Six. Hello, Logan. Logan, over here, way over here. Yes. Hi. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Stewart, you're fantastic. Uh, <laughs> your, your the role of the cast, everything is fantastic. That being said, they've done a very successful relaunch of the original Star Trek. If they were to recast next generation, who would you like playing you,
0: To me, if they were to cast some youngsters. Who wouldn't play me? Uh, No, more like a (laughs) reboot. Why would they? say number two for this reason. Um, I love working with Brian Singer and by the time we came to number two we were very established not only in our roles but in the whole world of the X-Men. We were comfortable with one another. You know, We shot have started shooting the first X-Men and Wolverine was not cast and one morning this nice Australian guy showed up (laughs) and uh, we were filming and he said, oh, I'm here to do a screen test for Wolverine so he hung out with us for a while and then he went off to do his screen test and we all said, break a leg. And then we said, he's adorable.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when he came back and told us, actually all he told us, well, he thought it had gone well. We um, we kept our fingers crossed um, because he's a, Mr. Jackman is a wonderful guy. recently. And I could tell at once that he had a few drinks. Actually, it was a guy and his wife because there are two parts to this story. And the guy said, oh, oh my God! Oh my God! I love you! You're fantastic! He said turned to his wife and he said, This is Dr. Spock! <laughs> From Star."
1: So Mike Three, Laura, Laura Tell. Them. Uh, my question is how has participating in epic science fiction entertainment impacted your appreciation of real science?
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of question like Patrick, what science fiction books have you been reading recently? <laughs> Because the answer is always none. <laughs> I don't read science fiction. Uh, I mean, I've had one go at all the the, uh, the acknowledged great authors R.C. Clarke, Isaac Asimov, Brian, all this. You know, I've read one of each and, and felt it wasn't for me. <laughs> um, sure, uh, I am interested in science, because my level of ignorance is just about Turkey. And the one thing that I really miss about not being in the United States is the weekly science supplement in the New York Times. Because that supplement is packed with not only fascinating material, but understandable Material for a bare little brain. It's really, really an excellent read. Um, But beyond that, um, I I don't pay too much attention. I'm afraid. The one thing I do pay a lot of attention to in the field of science is issues of global warming. Because it it seems to me that, you know, there's always been warfare of one kind or another. There's always been disease of one kind or another. There have always been appalling accidents and tragedies of one kind or another. Global warming of the kind that we are experiencing is happening for the first time we are the call, so I take it interest. So she's
1: on the floor left of like, three. Sir over um, here on this side. To your left. Same place. Hello. Hello. I'll try to focus on a huge fan. Thank you so much for coming to Calgary and for being in Canada. Be. I'm not the newness like last night. <laughs> anyway, uh, as a reporter, I, I've been a reporter for 25 years, so I only believe half of what I read. And I read that you were thinking of maybe not doing so much theater work and perhaps going back into doing. As a lover of theatre, that's kind of that's not what I want to hear, but as a as a fan, I think people throughout the world will get more accessibility to you. So I'm wondering if it's true. And I'm wondering what kind of movie you like, think you got?
0: It's true. I finished the <laughs> stage production three weeks ago. And it was a play that I've been waiting to do for two years and waiting to do it in a very specific theatre. This is the play about Shakespeare. Um, But nearly a year ago I had determined that when that play was over I would indeed take a break, and it's only a break, from live theatre. Live theatre, well I like to quote the great film director Ingmar Bergman who who was also a great theatre director and had his own company of actors that was one of the 20th century's towering giants of filmmaking, and he was asked, which do you prefer, the theatre or the movies, and he said, I love the movies, but the theatre is my life, and that very much applies to me too. So, I'm not going away forever, because then my life would be over if that happened. Um, I'm actually, I will be returning to the stage, actually not in New York immediately, because what I'm going to do, I'm going to do, first of all, outside New York, and then bring it into New York, sometime in the fall of 2013. I can't say what it is, because it involves other people. But, um... I have, in the last eight years, which have been without doubt, and I don't mean to disappoint any of you in saying this, but they have been the best years of my life, both from a personal, private point of view, but that's also very much from the work that I've done, because when I returned to the UK, I didn't know if an ongoing stage career would be possible probably because I'd been away from it for 17 years. But then... One thing happened and then another, and I have been blessed to play a a, a line of great roles on stage. Some of them I brought to the United States, others not, and they have been the kind of roles I never expected to play at that level and with those kind of actors and directors. So it has given me huge satisfaction. But I have gone from play to play to play. sometimes back to back. Um, when I finished playing Macbeth in Broadway, 48 hours later, I was in a rehearsal room, rehearsing Hamlet. Now that's crazy. Uh, it, it's exciting, but it's crazy. And uh, good friends and family spoke to me and said, you've got to slow down. So I did, and I was better for it. But then we filmed the Macbeth, and then we filmed Hamlet. They were done very quickly on very low budgets. And I have since then um, done one other piece of film work, but it's also Shakespeare. Rupert Gould, who directed Macbeth, has directed the film version of King Richard II, and I played. With that. Uh, a character known as John of who dies at the beginning of Act Two, so I don't hang around for long, but he has one great scene. And I was, my appetite was so whetted by these film experiences, I then began to think, if I'm going to do movies and television again, I have to stop working in the theatre, because I was booking myself A year or 18 months in advance. So I had to say to all my colleagues and those who employed me in the theatre, this is the cut off point, and it will pick up again here. Um, There is something actually you might be curious to try to find because the the theatre I was working in doing um, the play about Shakespeare is called The Young. Vic, V-I-C, and it's in a street called The Cut, in London. Now they have a website. Go to this website, because on that website you will find a four and a half minute movie, a complete movie. um, which three of us, from the production of the Shakespeare play, and, and a young actress who is in another production, uh, uh, created in two days of film And that's the latest and newest film work that I've done. And it's a very curious and rather shocking piece of film because it tells an entire story in four and a half minutes. Uh, but I recommend you go to the website and have a look at it. Um, so I, I got plans for film, at the moment only film and not television. And I'm very excited at the prospect of spending my days in front of a camera, rather than in a rehearsal So,
1: Curtis
0: is a mic six, and he's somewhere in the middle. Oh, there we go. My question has to do with the Will Shatter's documentary. a six-year contract for Star Trek and originally you didn't want to do it. Uh, When you got on set in 16, did you regret not wanting to do it? to six years of doing the same thing. I never wanted to do a television series. I know that will seem like madness to most actors because television series is the most desired thing of all. But I I literally was horrified at the thought of doing the same thing for six years. But then, as I think I said in that program, everybody assured me that we'd be lucky to get through six months. I certainly expecting to be fired, because I thought casting me was a terrible idea. <laughs> and, and, you know, they would come to their senses and say, thanks very much, but we meant the other guy, not you. But uh, do I regret it? Not for a moment. Not for a moment. Uh, well, you've seen what the relationship is between those of us who are on it. That, Quality of friendship is irreplaceable. And I have it with those guys more intimately than I have with any company of actors I've ever worked with. So I would miss out on that. But in every possible way, Star Trek, The Next Generation, changed my life. There was not an area of my life, not all of it for the good, there was not an area of my life that wasn't touched, changed, transformed by it. So no, I, um, as Edith Piak said, no, I have no regrets. the moment that I walked onto my school hall, platform one evening to rehearse, and especially when we came to the first performance and I stepped onto a brightly lit stage in the darkened auditorium, well, I felt as though I was at home, but more than anything else, I felt safer than I'd ever felt in my life up to that point. And I mean safe. It's, I know, a difficult perhaps to imagine what I mean by that. But my life was a little bit unpredictable and a little bit chaotic at times. And the theater gave me certainty. So, and it made me happy. And I just wanted to go on being happy in that way. And although I did a couple of other jobs when I left school at 15, um, They, they were not meaningful jobs until I got a place in a drama school and I found myself surrounded by 30 other young people who felt just like me. And uh, you know, it's like in my community where I grew up, nobody went into show business. So I was an oddity. I stood out, I, I, you know. I know that my friends thought I was a little strange and and then to find suddenly that you are in the company of 30 other strange people all with the same longings that you have is fantastic and it's why I stayed in in the acting community for 52 years. So there were actors I loved and admired and I was in awe most of them American actors actually um, and their work affected me, and I'm thinking largely of that school of actors from the 50s and the 60s, uh, typified by the actor Studio actors, um, uh, actors like Marlon Brando and Carl Walden and Lee J. Carl. Um, and, and I wanted to be like them. And it took me a long time before I understood really what they did, and it was a long time before I came to understand what the nature of truth in acting was. And, um, so they were my, in a sense, my role models rather than my inspiration. I hope you have, I hope you have a great career.
1: I'm sure you do in everything that you do there. I have enough privilege myself. Um, But I was just wondering you seem to have worked with a few different theater companies over at England, and I'm wondering how the
0: company of Stratford was, what you liked about that company. Well, I first worked with the Royal Shakespeare Company in January 1966. And I worked with them, I then worked with them continuously for 16 years and then on and off ever since, except of course there was a gap of 17 years when I didn't. Um, So they had been not only my theatrical home, my second home because I became an associate artist in 1967 and an honorary associate artist some years later, but they became my education because my education was very modest and as I said, I, I left school when I was 15 years and two days old. My birthday always fell at the end of the school year. and Not until I joined the Royal Shakespeare Company and found myself every day in the company of brilliant directors and playwrights, of clever, intelligent, highly educated actors and designers and stage managers and keeping my mouth shut and listening to them I found that I became a properly educated person. So, it it would be impossible for me to imagine my life without the Royal Shakespeare Company. And right now and in the past nine months nothing has given me more satisfaction Nothing has given me more pleasure and excitement whenever I think of it than to know that my son, Daniel, who is an actor, is now working with the Royal Shakespeare Company. You see, it was was always his ambition too. Uh, Some of you will have seen him because he played my son in that wonderful episode, In the Light. And and last week, Dan made his commercial London debut as an actor. He'd worked at the National Theatre before, which doesn't count as a commercial theatre. But he made his commercial debut in a West End house. And he is so happy and excited about that, but no happier or more excited than I.
1: Back, a little bit Hi, David. Hi, uh, thank you very much for coming to Calgary. I grew up watching you on TV, and uh, I mean, you were amazing. I still think that Walking Things is the best series of ever done. You're <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> 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 um, I also just, you know, it's been a while since Star Trek has been on TV. If a producer or a director team team ask your advice on how to make a new TV
0: series successful, what would you tell them? If you had not already been asked that. I am so unequipped to answer a question like that. You know, I only did one television series in my life. Actually, that's not quite true. I did two seasons of a series for the BBC 35 years ago, and I did one season of a program called The Eleventh Hour about six years ago. if there were one thing and one thing only that I would have to say, it is the very essence of television, or theater, or film, and certainly of series TV, is storytelling. If there's no storytelling and you don't have anything, you have a series of incidents. And I would say, tell the best and most vivid stories you can.
1: Nice to I see you. Hi. I was just wondering how you felt
0: and what was your reaction
1: to being late?
0: Well, I'll tell you how I learned that I had been invited to become we are called. I, um, we were filming Macbeth in uh, North Nottinghamshire, in a very spooky and strange location, and we were all living in a kind of motel, hotel, somewhere, not far from the location, and, uh, um, 10 days. And one morning I had an early call, as usual, it was about 6 a.m. It was in November, it was dark still, no daylight, and it was drizzling rain, and we had to do some outdoor work. And when I saw this, I thought, oh Lord, this is not going to be a fun day. Um, And when I got ready, and at one point, reaching for my my rain jacket, I opened the closet door in this little suite in this hotel room, and just before I closed it, I saw on the floor um, a plastic shopping bag. You know, a, 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 a market bag. Cheap little plastic bag. And I didn't know what it was for a moment, and then I remembered when I had left London ten days earlier, I had been away before that, and a lot of mail had arrived. And I gathered all the mail together and dumped it into this plastic bag. And when I got to Nottinghamshire, everything was taken out of my car, including this plastic bag. And I guess I didn't know what to do with it, so I put it in the closet, needing to deal with it later. Um, All this mail. And I looked at my watch and I had about 15 minutes before my car was due to pick me up. So I decided I'd better just quickly go through this and see if there's, you know, any police summonses or anything like that. And And so I sat down at the desk in this, I remember the room was brown, everywhere was brown. And I could hear the rain falling outside and it dark. And I started going through the mail and then I came across a brown envelope which had printed on the front of it Cabinet Office. Well, I know what the Cabinet Office is. It's, you know, where the, all the affairs of the the uh, government cabinet are handled in London. I thought, why should somebody from the Cabinet Office be writing to me? And I was curious, so I opened it with my thumb to discover it was a letter telling me that um, uh, the Prime Minister's office was graciously pleased to offer me a nighter. And I swear to you, I read it. And I read it again, and I couldn't make sense of it. Um, it was literally like I had stepped from this brown hotel room into some kind of fantasy world. Um... I finally had to accept that it was real. One of the charming things is it comes with a form that you fill out. (laughs) With boxes to tick. Yes, I would. No, I wouldn't. more, More or less. And, um... Well, I was overwhelmed and I was very emotional. And I remember looking around this brown room thinking, I will remember this room to the rest of my days. because it he was here, I learned this amazing news. You see, I grew up as a child going to the movies. And although I said I, I, I was mostly inspired by American actors, there were English actors, of course, who impressed me. Sir Lawrence Olivier, Sir Ralph Richardson, Sir Cedric Marley, Sir Alec Guinness. Sir Donald Morfitt. These were the knights of the English theater. They represented the cream of the crop. That hand-picked bunch of great English theater and film actors. And I have never in my life imagined to be invited into that world. But, you know, some of my best friends had already received Knights with Jim uh, ben Kingsley, uh, David, David um, Anthony Scherer, Derek Jenkins, I knew all these people, but I always felt, oh, you know, they're there, and I'm here, and, you know, that's exactly as it should be, so, this news was overwhelming, and of course, we were filming a big city with most of the company that day, and when I got on the set, I wanted to rush out and say to everybody, you would never it <laughs> <laughs> But of course, uh, you are instructed, under no circumstances, to tell anyone at all. Um, I mean, there are stories of people who threw parties on the strength of it, and then found that it, the honor never came. Um, so I have to keep quiet about it. Well, not entirely. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't think about it very much. But uh, and it's not something that I make a fuss of. I don't insist that people use my time. And when they do, I sometimes wonder who they're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I was asked, my strongly held political beliefs, which are on the left, I am a lifelong. Support. As those of you who have talked about the Republican Party in the United States, <laughs> so, yeah. um, I've always been a supporter of the Labour Party. Um, my father was a trade unionist. He started life working in the mines as a coal miner, so did uh, his father on my mother's side, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, my great-great-grandfather, all coal miners, and one of them was active in first creating the Miners' Association, which became the National Union of Mine Workers. Uh, And I'm very proud of those associations. This for the Labour Party, and uh, I don't approve of everything they do. Far from it. Uh, there have been several things in the past ten years that have been deeply disappointing and dismayed. But uh, an interviewer said to me, "So how is it then that a well-known Labour Party man like yourself, perhaps even a socialist, should accept?" And well, i had always been expecting that question, and it was very easy for me to answer. Although the honour was coming to me, Patrick Stewart, I felt sitting in that brown room that early morning that this was something about the theatre, and the classical theatre in Britain, and, yes, some acknowledgement of the international career that I have had. Thanks to Star Trek The Next Generation. And they were the organizations that were indirectly being honored through me, so I was very proud to accept the honor. Said last night and during the day, but this experience here in Calgary has been unique and extraordinary. Thank you for your generosity.